So let's pray, and then we'll jump in. And Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we can be here. Thank you for your great love. I pray that you would stir within us and cultivate within us longings and affections for you. As, as we listen to your words, we pray that you would speak to us and we would hear the very voice of God through the word of God. Uh, we would all leave here just saying that Jesus is awesome. In your name we pray, amen. So it's great to see you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10 is where we're going to be camping out this morning. And I'm going to review, if you're new and you're just joining us, I'm going to review what you've missed the past couple weeks and a couple minutes. And so what we do on Sunday mornings is we read the Bible, we explain the Bible, and then we apply the Bible. That's going to be mostly verse 10 here this morning. So you have outlines here if you want to pull out your outlines. We're going to look at this passage here. And this is what Paul long for for all of you. This is what I personally long for for all of you, what we're going to discover here this morning. So what we're going to do in looking at this passage is we're going to answer four questions. There are four questions here. The first one is this. is Hey, where did you come from? I mean, here you are this morning. Maybe you're a Christ follower, but where did you come from? And then we're going to look at like what went wrong in the journey And then we're going to look at how Jesus entered our story. And the last thing we're going to look at, this is your purpose. Those four questions are going to be unpacked here. And so if you're new to church, you're returning to church, this is really a great time to be here. Why is this a great time to be here? Because if you're thinking about being a Christ follower, you can see why it would be to your advantage. We're going to look at the essentials of what it, what it means there and reasons, really compelling reasons why you would want to be a Christ follower. So it's really a great time to be here. So if you're just joining us, what we looked at was seven spiritual blessings a couple of weeks ago. So we talked about if you're a Christ follower, how you're chosen, how you're God's child, how you're forgiven, how you're adopted how God has given you the Holy Spirit there. And then last week, we saw how Paul, he launches into this awesome prayer, a prayer really that you want to pray over your own life there. And he said in this prayer that you could know God better, that you could not just know about him, but you could actually know God. And then we talked about, and I illustrated, and I'll remind you here how I illustrated that, if I could pull that up on my phone here, and that is this, is that, is that you are okay, enlightened by God's light. He wants to give you his light, and that's what he wants you, and you need the light of God in your life. So Paul prayed for that, that you would know him, that you would be enlightened in your inner person there. And then the last thing that he prayed was this, is that we would have the power of God in our lives there. Okay, so give me a moment here while I figure out my phone and turn this off here while you're all staring at me. So anyway, so today, today what we're going to do is we're going to be reminded of really where we came from. We're going to hear, you know, you hear like the gospel. This is the gospel here. And sometimes I think we can forget really like where we came from. Like how far uh, we are from where we are today here. And so here it is. Uh, I'm going to ask you, are you ready? We're going to stand up, stand to your feet. I'm going to read these 10 verses. You can look at the screens there or your Bibles or your smartphones. It says this, says Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins 
in which you used to live, okay, when you followed the ways of this world, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, and the spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedient. And all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you've been saved. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And it's not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork or his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so you may be seated. So if you're a Christ follower, in 10 verses, this is your story. All of us share the commonality of this is your story. So verse 10 is where we're going to take you about God being God's masterpiece. And the, the original language is poema, which we get our English word poem, or it can mean a lot of things, a, a creative work of God, his, his expression, his song there. And so, but we're going to see that ultimately we ended up in the hands of the master poet here. And so, in other words, you are an unfinished poem, an unfinished work, a masterful work of God by the master himself there. How many people you feel like you are a work in progress? You feel like you're a work in progress. How many people feel like the person sitting next to you is a work in progress? Good. Thank you for volunteering that for them this morning. And so, you know, I get it when I read that. I get it. I get it. I read that and I say, you know, you're his masterpiece. And you're like, you know, Rod, come on, come on. We, we know you're pumping a little bit of sunshine at us this morning. I mean, I'm not, I didn't wake up this morning feeling like, ta-da, God's masterpiece. You know, I did not go there. How many people know what I'm talking about? And so, but where did the first question, where do we come from? Where do we come from? So where do we start this journey toward being God's masterpiece? That's where we're going here this morning. And where is it that God found me when we began this journey? And so when God entered your story, it says in verse 1, As for you, you were dead in transgressions and sins. Hey, wait a second. You know, I may might make some mistakes, but really, I'm, I was like dead? You know, I mean, was it really that bad here? I mean, this is like about as politically incorrect as you can get. Right on, baby. And so, but is mankind really, isn't, aren't we really like basically good, you know? Carl Rogers, a famous psychologist, said, you know, we're basically good. But here, you know, Paul's saying, you know, you were, you were dead. He says, as for you, that means not other people, but you, everyone, you, no exceptions, you, no wiggle room, you were dead in your trespasses and in your sin here. And so remember, this applies to everybody. Doesn't matter how many Instagram followers you have. It doesn't matter how many Fortnite wins you have. What it's saying here, all of us were dead. God found you and you were 
dead. And so, and I get it, you know, uh, how is it that we can all be dead? You know, we want to push back a little bit on that. You know, hey, I'm breathing, you know, my, my heart is pumping, you know, I've got a pulse, my lungs are full of air. How is it that, that we're dead here? Well, in your notes, in your notes, our past condition is summed up in one word, and that is dead. And so, still alive, physically have a pulse, but spiritually, what it's saying here, spiritually, you flatlined. Spiritually, when, you, when God engaged you, you were dead, DOA. You were dead on arrival. In other words, you were spiritually dead. You were unresponsive to God. You, you had no capacity whatsoever to have any kind of relationship, connection. You couldn't hear God's voice. You couldn't respond to God. You were at zero point there. Absolutely, spiritually dead there. Unable to make decisions. Unable to respond to God here. And so it says, how are you dead? You were dead and trespasses and sin. You were dead in that space. So let's talk about that space for a moment where you were dead. In other words, it says uh, you were dead in your transgressions or your trespassing. You all familiar with that in culture? See this little graphic on the screens here. There that, you know, you understand what it means to transgress. That's funny. I don't care what you think. That was funny. And so you transgress, you get that, you cross over the line there with God. In other words, you've crossed off the path that God would have had you on there. You know, you're self-centered, self-absorbed, all about your, your, yourself there. And you get off the path. You get off God's path. You get on your own path. You get on your own direction there. And it's like you would say this, hey, God, your path, your path doesn't work for me. Your ways, they don't work for me. I'll go my way, my path. That's what it means to transgress there. And then it says that you also sinned. And that means to miss the mark, to miss the target with your life. You're shooting at all kinds of things in life that God would never have you shoot for. And in your thoughts, and your deeds, and your motives, you know, in your words, you know, you're missing what God's, God's target for you. And you're saying, you know what, God, your target, not good enough. Not good enough. I'll shoot whatever I want to shoot for in this life here. And so sin then is so absolutely destructive to our lives. God, you know, he, he hates what sin does to us, the destruction that it does to us in, in, in our relational circle here. And God doesn't... Um, uh, what happens with sin is that it's sin that's punishing us, and that's why God hates sin here. And so Jesus then came to change that story because you were in that space of sin and transgression there. So in your notes there it says Jesus came to bring spiritually dead people to, to life there. And he goes on here in verse 2 to unpack what that space looked like, that spiritual deadness looked like in verse 2 and 3. In which you used to live, that was your life where you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now work, and those who are disobedient. You used to live there, but Jesus changed your story. Jesus changes 
everything there. And so and you were constantly, here's the picture, here's the space you were in, barraged there by the influences and the, uh, and the voices there that would suck you into its great current there. And you were born in that and you, you were swept in that. And so God made us alive to Christ when we were in that space there. And so, and we were under the pressures of culture and society and all. And then if that's not enough, there's the devil there working his way into the equation in the mix there and pulling us away from following God. And so in our death there, watch, in our death, we followed after everything else is what it's saying there. You were bombarded by the ways of this world. I think of it this way. It's like a massive torrential river, okay, that you're born into. And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you are going down the river there, and it's a strong and deep and powerful, overwhelming undercurrent there, and there is nothing that you can do. Anything that touches that current is going downstream there. And that's where you were. And so, and it's a river that screams at you. A river that screams, hey, this is how you're to act, and this is how you're to be, and this is how you're to think, and you're caught up in this this massive torrential river, all of us born into the river, all of us headed downstream, and there are the powers of darkness saying, yeah, baby, you go, and you're heading off the cliff there to your end. And I know it sounds kind of weird a little bit, but it says the ruler of the kingdom of the air. While you're going down the river... And you're paddling, you know, fast and furious there in your sin and in your transgressions there in that space really of you have no power over it. And then there is this constant, unseen, evil influences like egging you on down the river there, drawing you away toward God, toward the cliff that you're going to go over. In that space that you're in, verse 3. All of us lived among them at one time, in that current of the river, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following our desires and thoughts. And like the rest, here's the, here's the end. We were deserving of wrath. So all of us, inclusive of everyone here, no exceptions, you know, uh, and this describes you, describes me, you know, where we were. And so here's the point. Here's the point, okay? The point is this. If you missed everything that I've said, don't miss this. No one can say, yeah, that was you. That was you, you know, uh, the speaker. That was like that guy Paul there. That was like the rest of us, you know, people, all the transgression stuff, all the sin stuff, you know, going your own direction in, you know, in that space. But me, I was awesome. I was awesome when God found me. No, 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 no. It says all of us. All of us. I wasn't awesome when God saved me. It says you were following your desires there. Your desires, watch, here's what happened with your desires. You've been given good desires by God. Good desires. But, but, but in our sin, we take those desires and, uh, and we supercharge them and we twist them and they become addictive desires and sinful desires and selfish desires. And that's what, what he's talking about here. And the result is this. By nature, you were deserving of wrath. In other words, you deserve to be dealt with. See, you weren't going to get away with anything. I mean, it was hopeless and helpless, and you, 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 know, you were not going to be able to get away. And so before God entered your story to make you his masterpiece, 
you were living in your notes there, on the path of the wrath of God. That's where you were all headed is what he's saying. You were headed on the path of the wrath of God. And so how are we living in the path? Born sinners, born sinners, you know, and practice until we got really good at it. We got really good at it. And instead of God letting us go down the river, he intercepted us, absorbed the wrath that was going to be assigned to us here. And there we were accruing all this eternal debt here, every day adding to it. And either you were going to pay for it in your future, or Jesus would pay for it in the past here. And so now Paul, all that to say this. That's the background. Now Paul is in prison, and he proceeds to pen perhaps the most profound passage of anything ever written right here or anything that he wrote. So how did Jesus change your story? Verse 4 and 5 says this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. And even when we were dead in transgressions, it's by grace that you were saved. But God... It was hopeless. It was helpless. But God went to work. And so our story is forever changed because of this but God moment. This is a but God moment here. My story has forever changed because of a but God moment. Think about it. Your story. Many of you, you're here this morning because of a but God moment. And I think we, we, we forget the, the greatness and the grandeur of this moment here. See, because of God's great love, he had to do something. He couldn't be neutral. He had to act here. And this is the greatest rescue story ever told. Our story. And so God rescued us by putting himself in our place here. So imagine we're dead. We're off the mark. We're, we're, we're missing the path there. We're self-centered. We're self-absorbing. God then enters our story. And in your notes it says here, by grace, God gives us God. Imagine that, that by grace, God gives us God. And we're right with God because of God. And so from start to finish, when we didn't deserve it, he loves us anyway. He gives you what you didn't deserve. That's what grace is. Unforgiveness and favor and mercy and extends that to you. And so if you're sitting here today, you're sitting here today, and this is what your story is. You know, I'm not sure about engaging at the next level in my story with God. Or you're thinking, I don't even know, like, if I want to go down this road. I don't know if I'm not sure how I feel about being a Christ follower. I want to, maybe you started a relationship, but maybe you're kind of stuck there and not sure about what's your next step. We're going to conclude with your next step. We're going to talk about uh, where God would have you to go here. And so, and there's those of you, maybe you're here and you're completely new. You think, you know what? I don't know if I can do it. I, you know, all these people around me, you know, they're singing and worshiping and, and, uh, and I just don't know if I've got it. All you have to have is what is talking about here in these verses. You don't really have to do anything but believe. So watch. 
It says, it says here in verse 5, But God made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead, and it's grace that you've been saved. Here's the picture. You were dead. You were face down in that current, in like a sea of your own sin there. And then Jesus came and intercepted you and pulled out like your dead, lifeless body there and breathed into you eternal life and made you right with God. That's the story. What a great story that is. And so by grace, you've been saved. Watch, watch. It's a new year, you know, and people are getting, and, and it's all good, you know, getting the life coach and getting in shape and all that, you know, new year, I got to reboot, you know, I got to improve all that. Well, I would add to that here that we don't necessarily need to be rebooted and enhanced and improved and all that. What we need is we need to be forgiven and restored and resurrected, and I need to be saved. That, that's what I need here. And I, I don't necessarily, I mean, that's good. You know, life coach is good. But ultimately, what I really need is more than that. I need more than a life coach. I need more than, than a new leaf. I need a resurrected Savior to give me new life. That's what I need. And that's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what we're talking about here. Made us alive with Christ. So I don't know about you, but I can speak for myself. When I was 17, I'd never been to church. I'd, I'd never been to church. Not one time, except with Mike Hendricks, when I went into a little uh, Catholic church, we ducked in and ducked out for a few minutes. I screwed the communion thing up, felt guilty, left, we went to the movie. But besides that, I'm not kidding, besides that, I'd never been to church. Never opened the Bible. I did, absolutely zero point. Don't, don't know a thing. I thought, oh, all those, all those people go to church. There's issues there. Why would they have to go to church? Like, what do they need? And, and my, dad would, my dad would tell me this. He says, Rod, they go to church. I said, Dad, why do people go to church? And my dad said this. He said, Rod, the reason they go to church is because they need a crutch. They need a crutch, and that's why they go to church. I'm a little guy. I'm like, really, that's why they go to church? Okay, well, I don't need a crutch. I need to go to church. So that's my mentality. And so I had my life planned out, but God. But God changed everything. One day, one moment, a cute girl named Debbie Danielson, okay, was in the mix there. Invites me to church. The church, I'll go anywhere that Debbie Danielson wants to go. And so, like, yeah, I'll go to church. So I go to church, and, and, I, and I hear the message, but God, though I was lost in my transgressions and sin, but God, I heard, and I knew it was true. I knew it was true. And I'm looking around, and I says, if no one else goes, I'm going to go up front because I know it's true. And so see, in a moment there, made alive with Christ when, when I was dead in my transgressions and sin there. And so God, even while we were yet sinners, sends his son. And our story goes from being a story of death to a story of life there. God chose you, you know, not because, you know, uh, he had to put together his A-team, but in verse 6 it says this, but God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In other words, you were placed in Christ, and we've talked about that, that I am raised to new life in Christ, and even on my worst day, 
I am with him. It says seated. I'm confident and comfort in this because I'm with Christ seated with him. He is in the single most honorable place in the universe and you are with him. So you look then in verse 7 and it says, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. How cool is that? God had a plan. God had a plan here. The most is grace, the most still amazing, spectacular, amazing grace. They're so incomparable. Nothing compares to his grace that in the ages to come, watch this, in eternity, there will just be more and more unfolding where we'll just be drinking in the incomparable riches of his grace and saying, wow, that, that's it, you know. And so it's, it's coming for, for an eternity there. That God has taken enemies, this is God, took enemies and has made them family there. And this is how you're saved, verse 8. A super popular verse, and it should be, verse 8. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It's a gift. We are the recipients of the, the stunning grace of God here. And our story is that everything that we have has been given to us by the grace of God. For by grace you've been saved. Watch. You're saved from your past, but it continues in your present here. You are saved from what? You're saved from the wrath of God that we, we just have been talking about there. Saved because Jesus took the hit for your sin there. Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath, unmixed with mercy, and he drank that on our behalf that we could have this right standing with God. And so that we could be right with God, that we could have all these spiritual blessings that we've been talking about. For by grace, you've been saved through your feelings, for by grace you've been saved by religious feelings. For by grace you've been saved through faith. See, God is, and watch, and God has given you the faith even to believe. You didn't have any part in it whatsoever here. I, you're not saved. I'm not saved. Like, God didn't look down from heaven and go, oh, you know what, look at that unique skill set. Yeah. I, Gabriel, Michael, I could use some of that in my kingdom. I think that, that we, should, we should invite them in. That amazing skill set there. No, you didn't get saved because of your amazing skill set. You didn't get saved because of your story where God looks down and says, wow, look at that. They used to get high, and they don't get high anymore. I could use that kind of story in my kingdom. Yeah, I think we'll save them. No, it's not because of your great story there. In your notes there, you're not saved by who you are or what you've done. You are not saved by who you are. You are not saved by anything that you've done. In your notes, you are saved by who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Alone there. See, what does that look like? What does that look like? I'm saved by grace. Here's what it could look like. Your journey could look like something like this. Where you say, you know what? There were things in my life and they owned me. There were things in my life and they controlled me. And they had a stranglehold on me. And I couldn't stop. No matter what I tried, I couldn't stop doing them. 
And, and I was trapped, and I was, it was like I was in this, this cycle. I couldn't change, and I, I couldn't escape, and I, I couldn't get out. But God, I met Jesus, and by his grace, those things don't own me in the process. They don't own me anymore. They don't control me anymore. And now I'm experiencing new life. How many people have experienced that? How many of you experienced that? Yeah, I've experienced that. And so it's by great God's grace at work within you. Through faith. So God gives you the faith to believe in Jesus, to trust in Jesus, okay, that he would do for you what you can't do. And so and by that you are saved. So we have this commonality that connects all of us. We have this commonality. There was nothing that we could do, and so we're all in the same boat. I only share this immense beauty of the same story in this community here that we all have in common. So there's this commonality every time we gather of what, what we share here that transcends all of our differences. And it's why we come together as a community in faith and watch. And it's not, by, it's not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. You see, there's nothing that you could do to achieve some kind of like status before God where you go like, yeah, you're in. Like, you made it, you're in. No, there, it's a gift. There's nothing you can do. And so, um, dang, I put my money. Oh, there it is. I got it. Okay, so I'm going to illustrate it this way. I got a $10 bill. I got a $10 bill. And whom I'm going to illustrate this with here, Carl Petit. Carl Petit, come here. I'm going to illustrate this to Carl. Watch. So here's what it's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have you know that's a real $10 bill, baby. That is a real $10 bill. So watch. I want to give this to Carl. Okay, I'm really giving it to Carl. Don't give it back to me in between shirts. So I'm giving this to you for coming up here. No, no, hang on to it. Watch. So I'm giving this to Carl as a gift. There's nothing that Carl can do to earn this. Nothing. But watch. Carl, there it is. Take it. That's it. So there it is. A gift. That's what salvation. Yeah, baby. That's what salvation is. It's a gift. Carl, Carl did nothing to earn that. It was given to him. Salvation given to you. Nothing you can do to earn it. By grace, you're saved. It's a gift of God. Verse 9. Not by works, so that no one can boast. Watch. You are saved by grace alone. Through faith alone. In Christ alone. For the glory of God alone. And so it's done for you. It's finished. And so there's no boasting. There's no boasting. There can never be a story like this. Oh, you know what? Ah, the reason that I'm here is because, man, my, I had this monster faith. And I was so awesome. And I worked so hard, you know, to check all the boxes that God would have me to check. And I did this and that. There's no boasting. Because it's a gift. Nothing you could ever do to earn it. So salvation isn't some reward, you know, for all the, all the good things that you've done. And so in our last verse here, in our last verse, and in your notes, you're going to see this. Walking in these good works which God has prepared for us implies a lifelong process. So what is our purpose? This is the culmination of everything that we have to say this morning. Here's our purpose in life. Watch. This is God's word for us this morning. For we, we, are God's handiwork or masterpiece 
created in Christ Jesus to good works, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So you are his masterpiece. Pretty cool statement. It's pretty awesome there. You're, you're his workmanship. You're a work of art. You're, you're, you're like God's painting. You're like God's poem. And there is God. And so oh, we spent all this time talking about this, though, but it's not works. It's not works. And now we're talking about, yeah, but there are works. What is that all about? You see, God has things for you to do. That's what this is all about. And so God has pre-planned. Imagine that. Didn't catch God by surprise. And God, being God, could do this, that he has pre-planned for you and you. God has pre-planned works for you to do. And so while God was working within you, he's preparing the work for you to do. How grand and how glorious and how, how awesome if you get your mind around that. No exceptions. And our works are an expression of the grace that we've received. So your life work now is a different kind of work. And you're a reflection of his being his masterpiece, his workmanship, his poem, his poema, God at work within you. And God now is releasing you to do good works. It says to do, to do. And please listen to me. Please listen to me. I know some of you here, you're in different places in your life. Some of you in difficult places. Some of you are in great places. But please listen. Because this is personal. This is personal for you and this is personal for me. Here's what I know to be true. God wants to release you to step into the good works he has. Ephesians 5.16 says this way, make the most of every opportunity. So opportunities abound. They, they abound. But the problem is this. Here's the problem. We don't see the opportunities. We don't sense the opportunities. We don't sift through the opportunities, and we don't seize the opportunities. That's the problem. And so what do these opportunities look like? If God did all that, the culmination that you could be his masterpiece, and he has something for you to do, he does. This is God we're talking about. There's something for you to do that. What does that look like? It looks like this. There are doors of opportunity And he would have you to walk through doors of opportunity. And you have to sort out, is this the opportunity that I'm to walk through? So, and I would say this, your best life lies on the other side of that door. I would say this, your purpose, your purpose is found on the other side of that door. And so if I'm not walking through those doors, I'm not doing what God has designed for me to do. You were created for so much more. So here's four little takeaway keys to walking through the doors. I'm going to have to say no 
to some good opportunities, to say yes to the God opportunities, to say yes to the great opportunities. I'm going to have to learn to be not so distracted and busy because we live there that I don't miss the God opportunities because we miss them. Some opportunities are going to come when I least expect it. They will catch you off guard when you least expect it. God is going to bring an opportunity and you want to seize that opportunity. And lastly, when you face opportunities, you will also face opposition. You're what? You're going to do what? When I announced to my friends in my relational circle, I said, you know what? I feel like there's a church. And you know what some of my friends told me? They said, you are crazy. You're crazy. What are you, you're crazy. You think, you think you're going to do that. There will be opposition to you when you seize the opportunities. And so it's not like it says God prepared in advance for us to do. It's not like God said, okay, okay, let me figure this out here. Uh, what am I going to do with you? Let me see if I can come up with something. No, God has prepared that in advance, prepared you and prepared the work. So what are you going to do? What are we going to do? Let's pray. And Father, thank you. Thank you for telling our story. And I pray, Father, that we would see our lives as you see them. See our lives through the opportunity, the doors, the work you would have us to do. It begins with knowing you. You're here this morning and you say, you know, my story, I want to know God. My story, I want to be his daughter, his son. I want to walk with him. I want to be right with God. I want to be forgiven. I want to say yes to God. That's you with our eyes closed, our heads bowed. Would you just raise your hand and by so doing acknowledge I want to follow. I want to be his follower. I want to be his child. And the front, right on. God bless you. On the side, God bless you. Other others in the back, God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you in the back and the right and the left. God bless you. Right on. That's it. God bless you. Other others, I want to be right with God. I want to know Christ. I want to be in his family. God bless you. Way in the back, by the window, God bless you. Other others. Father, those that raise their hand to say yes to you, would you pray the simple prayer in your heart and God will hear you. Dear Jesus, thank you for entering my story. I take you as my Savior. I say yes to you. I want to be your child. I want to know you. Fill me with your love and your power. Help me to know you. This day, I give you my life. Thank you for giving your life for me. I receive you 
as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.